You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. Tonight we're starting Orford in Kent to one of our very, very early reports. And this came in in 1167. Now the Wild One of Orford, as it is known, is like many other Wild One characters. He stayed away from people. He was described as being big and heavy and very hairy. He had human face but no speech. He could only make grunts or cries. Now, where the wild man of Orford is different is that he came from the sea and he was caught in a fisherman's net. Now, much later versions will tell you that he had scales and he was part mermaid, but the very original version states that he was hair-covered. He was brought to land and he was imprisoned in Bartholomew de Granville's recently built castle, where he was happy to accept raw food and he would squeeze the juice from that before eating it. Fish was his favourite meal. And he wouldn't accept a cup of water, but he liked to drink the fluid that came from the fish. The nobleman, determined to hear the wild man's story, beat him and tortured him and never got anywhere. All he could utter were grunts and cries, so he silenced. The nobleman, presumed, was an obstinate refusal to divulge his secrets. Realising that torture was bearing no fruit, the wild man was eventually allowed to exercise in the sea. Um, he was held in a particular area by three rows of strong nets which were placed across the harbour. Now, with ease, the wild man dived beneath the nets and he appeared in the sea beyond them. But then, to everyone's surprise, he returned and he allowed himself to be taken back to the castle. As time went on, the guards grew less vigilant and on one occasion he dove into the nets and out to sea and he never came back. Would it surprise you to know that even in modern times there are reports of hairy wildmen made from time to time? They are often described as caveman-like. These mysterious figures don't really have a well-established name to call them. They're neither modern man nor ape. I've heard them described as troglodytes, cavemen, and even Neanderthals in the past. The witnesses describe a hair-covered figure 
that looks like a possible explanation for the missing link. Now, I've taken reports from Canada, America, Sweden, Finland, Portugal, UK and Russia. And I suppose what they are is something we just don't know. Are they the result of a time slip, perhaps? Or are they the ghost of an early hominid? Is there the possibility of wild humans, feral tribes that have gone undiscovered for centuries and are still out there? I mean, it wasn't too long ago that reports of troglodytes surviving in the earth underneath London City Underground were made. Now, the UK does have a huge subterranean world with thousands of miles of tunnels and natural cave systems, many of which have never been explored, and they run below our homes and cities. Let's look at some of the modern-day reports of wild, hairy cavemen. This report came in in 1983, and the gentleman has now passed away. I almost hit it with the bike. And his name was Mr. Ross. And he said, I had a sighting and experience over 30 years ago as a young boy in Yorkshire that I'd never been able to explain. The encounter has stayed with me all these years. I've not told many people and I've only ever shared it with a trusted few. But on seeing the accounts from others that you share, I feel able finally to share what happened to me. I found the American sites years ago trying to match what I'd seen and what I saw was like an American Bigfoot. I've been trying to find other UK witnesses ever since then. Even as far back as the early 80s, I was looking somewhere I could think of trying to match another encounter similar to that of my own. I know how that feels. On finding you, Deborah, I realised I was not the only one who'd seen it. When I saw the map of sightings, I knew I had to contact you to share the details. So back in 83, I lived in a rural area just outside of Beedale called Fort Perrow. The area is pretty rural and it's sandwiched between two national parks and it also has ample nature reserve, country parks with small country lanes, bike paths, many woods and fields, the river Swale that you're and the Ouse are close by and it's a good place to grow up as a child. One year, I was around 15 years old and I was riding my bike back home from school. This was at night and with no lights on my bike or the path, I was taking it a little daunting to say the least. I was in a good mood, but a little spooked due to the time of night and being alone out there. So I was singing away to myself to try and keep my spirits up as it was pretty dark and there was no one around. I should say, I was riding through the farmland tracks that leads into the forest. There was a path that made a shortcut through there. I was pedalling away, trying to close the distance from here to home, singing away and thinking of nothing in particular when, bam, I almost hit someone who was standing in the road. I swerved at the last moment to avoid hitting them full on and I braked hard. Halting, I looked back to see this huge person-shaped thing standing with its arms above its head and it started to growl and howl and screech at me. It was no person and it was large and holding its hands up in an angry gesture. It was making a horrible noise. I'm sorry to say that I was terrified. I almost messed myself in fear of this thing. All I can remember of the size of it, it was much bigger than a human. It stands out as large and bulky to me, 
Now when I think back, the growl was horrible, but so were its eyes. The eyes stood out the most to me, and my attention was fixed on them. The memory of them has stayed with me for over 30 years. Looking back, all I recall was the initial shock of almost hitting someone in the dark, and then the realisation as I drew to a halt and turned back that it was no person. I recall the mass of it, how large it was. It was huge. And I remember the whites of its eyes and the inhuman growl that it made. It was kind of a guttural noise that it made at me. I rolled off faster than before and I got home as quickly as I could. I really did get the impression it was angry. As I say, this was over 30 years ago now, but it's still with me. And even though I now live in the town, dark and dangerous alleyways don't worry me. It's country lanes and the woods at night that still spook me. Ben McAdoo and another wild man sighting. Now Tom Robertson was 68, was led to safety by the Cairngorms Mountain Rescuers after a 10 hour ordeal on Ben McAdoo. Tom and a pal had been hunting for the legendary big grey man on the mountain of the Black Pig. Tom insisted that he saw a 12-foot-high, yeti-type creature attack the tent he was sleeping in near the 4,294-foot summit. He maintains he may have strong evidence of his existence and he produced a series of photographs that showed two-foot-long footprints in the gravel at the campsite. Mr Robertson said, At about 1am, after climbing into our sleeping bags, we heard the footsteps of something coming to the tent and we heard mumbling noises outside. Moments later, the side of the two-man tent, tent perched 4,000 foot up on the peak, caved in. I looked through the air vent in the roof and saw a large arm crashing down. The figure of what seemed like a yeti was standing over the tent. Then all hell broke loose and it was trying to get at us. I remember something landed on my foot. My toes are black, almost bruised. I have never been so scared in all the 60 years I've been interested in such things, he said. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't human. I reckon it could be the grey man or something from outer space. The pair was soaking wet after heavy rain poured into the damaged tent overnight. At 4am, they set off down the hill. But almost two miles on, Tom was exhausted and he fell ill halfway down. He was wrapped up in sleeping bags and left to rest. Both men were escorted down the mountain to safety. Now Scotland, as we know, is in the very north of the UK. But if we go down south, it's probably as far south as we can go. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We'll get to an area called Lee Woods in Somerset. And in August 2015, there was a strange figure seen. A Bristol resident says he witnessed an ape-like creature as he ate a piece of food with what he believes may have been improvised eating utensils. 58-year-old Harry, a retired man in Somerset, said that he was walking through the Lee Woods Nature Reserve on the 17th of August 2015 when the strange event took place. As you can say, I didn't take this report. It went to the newspapers. He said, I usually take my dog, but lately I've avoided taking her there because she's been getting very skittish for some unknown reason. As I was walking along, I suddenly began hearing noises as if someone was snapping twigs and making squeaking sounds. I thought it may have been a deer off in the brush, so I went off the path to have a look. And this is when I saw this strange ape creature. It was sitting in the brambles, digging in the earth with a twig. It did this for about 15 minutes. Then it picked something up and began eating it. Harry believes this was a piece of raw meat. Now, I did speak to Harry after the report going to the newspaper. He said it then took another twig and used it to pick pieces of meat from between its teeth. But Harry was also aware that the strange-looking being appeared to be communicating with something. It kept looking left and it was talking to something off in the trees that I couldn't see. And I thought I heard movement from where it kept looking. When I say talk, it more grunted and squeaked. At one point, it started doing something with the twigs, crossing them over on top of each other, like it was weaving something. All in all, I watched this thing for about 25 minutes. It was only when it stood up and walked off that I got up and also left. When it stood, it grabbed a large tree branch and snapped it off quite easily and lent it up against another tree. Then it walked off, and I never saw it again. Harry says he was about 200 yards away and managed to discern the physical features of the creature. When it stood up, I'd say it was about six feet tall. It was old-looking, it had grey skin. I could see that it had human features, but its face looked more ape-like, with a broader nose and cheeks than us, and a jaw that jutted out and looked like it was curved. It looked like a prehistoric man from the land that time forgot, the old Doug McClure film. It was covered in grey hair, which had black streaks in it. Mostly grey, though, said Harry. Also adding that it also had what appeared to be small breasts, but it looked like a male, because there was something in the male area of the crotch. Now, Harry explains that even though he was confused about what he was witnessing, He's sure that it wasn't an animal. It wasn't a horse or a dog or anything like that. It was like an ape man. It was like a living, wild human, a Neanderthal or something similar. I've heard of Bigfoot, but it wasn't like one of those. 
like a giant wrestle type thing. I searched for Bigfoot in the UK and I came across your articles on these sightings. So I thought I would share this with you. Harry claims he was not scared or worried because the creature seemed friendly. Although he did add, it didn't get a chance to see him. A quote from the Bristol Post said, Lee Woods has a reputation for being haunted for some time. Years ago, tramps lived in the woods, favouring the Abbot's Lee End and avoiding the Lee Woods part because of its evil reputation. It was said that loud screams could be heard at night. Now, seeing a wild man is a rare event, but seeing the meeting is even rarer. But it's not the only case in the UK. In August of 2015, a gentleman named Jeff Knights, who lives in the very St Edmunds area, says that he saw a very strange creature in Ofton Woods on August the 14th of that year. He said, I've seen one big cat and several pug marks around here too. And while searching for evidence of large cats, Jeff began hearing primate vocalisations and crashing sounds coming from the thick vegetation. I heard it as clear as day. It was a monkey and it was making a wooing noise over and over. And then I turned and I saw it. Mr Knight reports that he saw an animal matching the physical features of a gorilla mixed with the general shape of a man. It was a similar colour to a chimp, he explained. It walked fast with its legs like ours and not like a chimp would walk. It knocked branches aside as it went along with its arms and they looked to be at least a third longer than ours. It was probably five to eight feet tall. 5.8 feet tall, I should say. Now the creature, he says, then disappeared back into the woods. I became very panicky. Now I'm 20 stone, I'm pretty fearless, but I just needed to go. I was very confused with what I saw and that I'm sure about what it looked like, although I'm reluctant to call it a shugmunker. And that's a name that people use down south to describe anything on four legs, really, that's hairy that they can't describe. He said, I kept... I keep running it through my head. This is England, not the Pacific Northwest. The only other answer would be an escaped ape or a monkey or a gibbon, but it didn't look like them. Mr Knights added that he also wondered if it could be a man-made hybrid ape. I've worked in those woods for many years, though now, sadly not. Anyway, back then, I was working as usual. It was a Friday, and the job that day was to cut a ride or a path or a coppice in the trees. I got up through the woods, just working as normal, and a feeling came over me very strongly that I wasn't alone. Now I'm 20 stone and pretty fearless, but I just lost it, and I can't explain why. Something came over me, and I just totally lost my nerve. I decided to head out of the woods, and I headed for a clearing. As I went along, I heard as plain as day, a monkey making whooping noises. I turned to look in the direction the noise came from, and as I did... I heard an almighty crashing and I saw, clearly saw, a two-legged thing hurtling really fast. What I saw was something about eight feet away and it went across the trail at speed. It used its long, long arms to knock aside the trees and was just barging through, making a hell of a racket. All I can say is it was just like a chimp in colour, but more like a gorilla in build, but the general shape of a man. I just couldn't work out what it could be. I would estimate it had to be somewhere in the range of five foot seven to five foot eight in height. It was broad across the chest and shoulders. 
It had arms at least a third longer than mine. This thing moved like we move. It was fluid. It wasn't bow-legged like a chimp. I have no idea what I saw. No clue. Just a dark, upright cross between a monkey and a human moving at speed across the path. Even now, after this time, I still feel confused. I believe in Bigfoot and the wood woos and wood mud, uh, shug monkeys of myth, but seeing one's very surreal. It's like I was watching it play out in front of me, as if it was watching it on a film. But it was real. It was right there in front of me. Well, to the right of me. I can't describe the feeling of seeing one. I am very confused. If we move counties and go to Sussex, we have the wild leaf man that was reported in 1984. The person who made this report said, I've always been intrigued by creepy stories and their power to embed themselves into the local community. Growing up in the 80s, I was obsessed with tales concerning local bogeymen, and one such tale which often spooked me was known as the leaf man. Such a monster was said to haunt an undisclosed section of woodland not far from Hailsham, although reports of the creature seemed mostly vague. However, one eyewitness said a few years ago that he had been out with three friends at the time, and it must have been around 1984, during a time when it was normal for kids to be out playing in the woods as long as they were home by a certain time. I think at the time they were playing not too far from what I know as Falkington Wood. It was around dusk and we were all lighting a campfire when suddenly, from the shadows, unlike in all good horror films, we heard the snap of a twig. We all sensed that we were being watched, but as teenagers we were brazen and we goaded what was lurking in the bushes to come out and fight. We all armed ourselves with sticks and stones, only to have our eyes met by a horrifying sight. Out of the shadows came a tall, spindly figure which seemed to be covered in hair, which in turn was matted with leaves. The creature gave off a horrid stench and its entangled hair, you could see two burning eyes. As I was sure you can imagine, we were terrified and we fled, never once looking behind us to see if that monster was in pursuit. Of course, no one believed our story, but as we got older, as most of us except one Remained friends, you know, we often spoke about the creature, we named the leaf man. People often ask, were we the victims of a hoax? Memories can be hazy, but this thing seemed real, and more than just a man in a suit. Oddly, I have another report of a so-called leaf man, but this time it's from Kent, and again it involved a group of youths playing in an area and they encountered such a manifestation, shall we call it. Some believed, however, that the creature was in fact a ghost of a soldier, adorned in camouflage, enabling him to conceal himself in the foliage. I'm not too sure about that. On the A15 in Hibblestow, an eight-foot black figure was seen moving off into the reeds. A lady made report and she said, I'd like to report a sighting that happened only yesterday on the 18th of the 6th, 2018. It was between 1.30 and 2.00. Myself and my partner were travelling on the A15 heading towards Lincoln. There's a lay-by on the road which is roughly a mile or so from the Hibblestow turn-off. As we were driving, we saw an upright moving figure as we were moving along the road. 
We saw him about 20 foot past the lay-by. He was upright, on two legs, all black in colour, and heading away from the road. He was moving through the reed grasses, on on, into the bushes, and we just lost sight of him. I realised it was broad daylight, and there was another lot of traffic on the road, so this should not have happened. It wasn't a dark, lonely road at night, or in the middle of a vast forest, which is how I've been trying to debunk it, she says. But nevertheless, I can't talk myself out of what I saw yesterday. It might seem impossible to some, but I'm certain of what I saw, and so is my partner. I asked the witness to describe what she saw before we chatted, so I didn't influence her in any way, which is something I do with the people at come. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. She said, I say him because his energy was male. At the risk of sounding like a crazy person, I see aura. I feel energies among other things. His energy continued to intrude into my thoughts for the rest of the day. He knew someone had seen him and he was worried. As for a description, he was around eight to nine feet tall. He was dead black in colour all over. One other thing to note, I have a dash cam in the car. So I checked the footage in the hopes that we had caught him walking away. And there's a four hour gap. My dash cam records anything out of the ordinary. If I break heavy or, you know, something like that, it, the engine gets turned off or the sensor picks up anything close to the vehicle, randomly recording at five-minute intervals. The last recording was at 12.03, just before we set off for the A15, and then nothing until I used the car again around 4pm that night. Now, that would not be the first time that I've heard of technology failing when people have managed to catch these figures on camera or in any tech, really. I mean, it's even happened to myself. People get fantastic photographs or bits of video or audio and then when they go to upload them, they're no longer there. There's kit that fails um, when you're out in the field. Get used to it as an investigator, as I'm sure you do, whatever you investigate. It seems to happen throughout all phenomena. Now, we're going to go to Dartmoor and the Lustly Cleave area. Now, Wisman's Wood on Dartmoor is a very nice place, scenic and wild in the daytime. And this witness says, Many years ago, I learned that Dartmoor was originally covered in miniature oaks, which led me to research the area itself and any folklore associated with it. As an avid fan of of the unknown, I started looking and researching and visiting as often as I could. I've also been and looked around the caves in and around Wisman's Wood, but I did not stay in them for very long as it felt like I was being watched while I was in them. Later in life, I started to think about these things that happened when I was young. You know, you read reports on forums and web pages about wild men living on the moorland. Many people think of me and others that research this subject and the people who have encounters as raving mad. 
you know, as a child and a teenager, I've had many dealings with strange goings on and the paranormal on Dartmoor. Things I cannot explain away easily. I felt being watched and the feeling of something being near me. Dartmoor was very wild and he could hold more than big cats that people see up on the moor. You never know what or who is out there. The wood is also said to be the kennels where the diabolical whist hounds are kept. And these are a pack of fearful hellhounds who hunt across the moors at night in search of lost souls and unwary travellers. It is said that they are huge black dogs with burning blood-red eyes, huge yellow fangs and an insatiable hunger for human flesh and souls. Strange ghostly howls and screams are also reported by visitors to the moor. Now if you go to Ireland, there's another area of the UK that also has its wildman reports. And this one came in on the 17th of December 2015. It came in from a hiker, a walker I should say. I've been hiking since 2004, mostly alone and all over Ireland. In December of 2015, I was in a very remote and isolated area of the Sperrings. I had walked to three hilltops surrounded by dense forests and I was heading back up a hill towards the tree line to my car when I saw something very tall and large moving faster behind me about a kilometre away. It was walking headed down the hill towards me on a route that I'd just taken. Now, I'm not easily spooked, but I didn't hang about as I have the opinion if it wanted to it could have caught up with me easily. Now, I've pondered this for a while now, but I have not a clue what it was to this day. As I see people on the hills and mountains from various distances all the time, this stood out. This was taller than a six-foot person at the distance I saw it. I'd say eight feet plus. I didn't have a gun, only hiking poles. I was not about to wait and find out. My hiking bag now has a set of binoculars. I'd be interested to know if anyone else has encountered anything strange and around the Sperrings, he said. I have my walk recorded on GPS. I walk all year round in all weathers from good to zero visibility. And I am well used to seeing everything appearing out of the mist. But on this walk, I had great visibility. And I know about the optic illusions and the broken spectre and what lone trees can give when walking. I don't know what I saw. Um, I see deer and quad bikes on the mountains regularly, along with hikers, dogs and runners, depending where I walk. All I can say is, the thing that I saw, for want of a better word, was out in the open, following a fence down a hill. And I just left in the same direction, and it was moving fast. It was on two legs, and it was at least eight foot high. Now, I'm not one for seeing things, but this was huge and it spooks me big time. I'm now going to carry a monocular when hiking, as it's handy to put in my pocket. Even at my age, my middle 50s, I have only ever seen three badgers in Ireland. So I certainly don't rule out anything strange. I would like to see camera traps being set up, though. I know there were camouflage hunters in the area, which I saw. I also found strange. When I went hiking, they left the area. I did see them with a map and I thought it was highly unusual. You know, as a local hunter of game, know their area and don't normally carry maps. The area I walk in was wet. There was no river. 
got some marshy ground and on the first hill near my starting point you walk through two forests. This hill is known as Carnally West Top and it's 505 metres high. The big thing was coming towards me as I left Canally West Top and was walking towards Mulligabane Summit. That's all I can tell you really. I actually waited at my car for it coming over the top of Mulligabane as I exited over the summit and turned left heading west of my car parked on a very minor road. Nothing appeared. Not something I wish to repeat again though. Today I've walked nearly 300 different mountains in Ireland and from one end of the country to the other. So I see a lot of great views and sometimes nothing. But this was totally different. Having walked nearly 50 of the 100 highest in the country, this stood out as strange. As we come back across the Irish Sea and go back to Scotland, we have a strange case at the Dromocta Pass. And this happened in 2014. And a motorist who was driving northbound on the A9 through the Dromocta Pass saw two individuals he could not make out cross the road in front of him. He described the two figures as one very large, which was approximately seven and a half feet tall, and the other was approximately two feet smaller. They both jumped the barrier and disappeared out of sight. The driver thinks he was travelling at about 45 to 50 miles an hour. He described them both as large and covered in hair and looking like cavemen. The time of the sighting was approximately 2am. Now, another report in 2016, which is two years later, um, states, I'd like to report an incident that happened to me in Argyle, Scotland, which is one of my favourite places to be. It happened down one of the single track roads that runs between Tainult and Dalavish. There's a small road that runs along the side of the lock and there's lots of miles of forestry and you can just walk there for hours. It happened around 1am and it was March 2016. I was driving back from my friend's house after an evening of visiting. I was sober and I was in good spirits. I was alone in the car and at this point I was driving through the older parts of the forest. I noticed a movement luckily as I was driving because without warning, suddenly from my left hand side, I was startled by a deer that ran out across the road. Not unusual in Scotland. It was running as fast as it could. It was in flight. I didn't have time to think about what was chasing it. I looked back to see what had spooked the deer or to see if any more deer were coming. And it was being followed by a large man-like thing. He was wild looking, really tall and very hairy. He was running, moving at a fast pace. It, he, took one long stride to cross the road in front of the car. Without thinking, I slammed on the brakes and I stopped. My eyes were fixed on the running man. You see, the thing was, as soon as I hit the brakes and turned to look where the wild one and the deer had come out of the trees, off to my left, I saw what looked like another one. This figure was smaller, younger, not so big. It was muscled, but not as bigly muscled. It was a wild man type thing. It wasn't looking at me, but looking towards where the bigger one had run into the trees. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. To this day, I still question what I saw that night. I did get a good look at both of them. The moon was out. It was a clear and crisp night. It's not like I could have mistaken them for something else. They looked like two wild men hunting 
that day. The first one that crossed over the road after the day was at a height, I would say, of about eight feet tall. He had hair all over his body and he was naked. He was clearly male. It was hard to tell the colour exactly at night, but it was dark coloured hair, just like the smaller one. It wasn't a huge road, but even so, its stride must have been at least six feet to cover the distance in one leap like that. The way it moved was startling to me. It was fluid and fast. The one on the hill looked smaller and younger, and the eyes were strange. The smaller one looked back at me with reflecting glowing eyes like a dog's eyes in the dark. The smaller one did not follow the larger man. It backed into the darkness of the trees and I started to drive off. It really did give me a fright. Now we stay in Scotland and we go to 1994 and this happened in the Dundonald area. And this is also another case where it's a report of a wild man with glowing red eyes. Josephine Aldridge from England says she will never go up the hill again as long as she lives. And the hill she's referring to is Dundonald Castle. She says, whilst walking on the hill with her two Labradors, the dog suddenly went berserk. They started running around in circles and growling and snapping at the air before finally slinking to the ground as far as they could go with their tails tucked beneath them, crawling backwards in obvious terror. Then Josephine saw, in her words, this huge creature, which appeared some distance to the side of her. She had not noticed it before, and she assures us that it had not been there earlier, she would most certainly have seen it. It did not seem to be solid, as Josephine could see the grass of the hill through its body, but it was covered in longish charcoal-coloured hair. It made no indentations in the grass. And on Josephine's reflection, she said she thought it was maybe ghost-like. Josephine said, The thing that struck the most terror was its eyes. It had two long slits, which glowed a bright red. It had two holes where the nose should have been, and very thick lips. In fact, it was not dissimilar to a gorilla in shape, although it stood well over ten feet tall and two legs. When confronted by the strange sight, Josephine began to pray. The creature, after a few moments, slowly faded out of sight, but the dog's attitude never changed, and the English woman felt sure that the monster was still around. Josephine left Undolan Hill in a hurry, not too far behind her whimpering dogs. Now we go to the middle of the country, to Canic Chase, a place we all know well, and this also happened in August of 2015. So I see a little bit of a pattern. I lived near the Cannock Chase area and I had a real encounter with something strange. I was walking through the chase with my family and they stopped and had something to eat. So I went on for a little explore on my own and I came up by an area where there's lots of down trees. I saw something really strange out of the corner of my eye. I saw something that looked like a person in a Chewbacca costume. I just didn't know what I was seeing. It was really bulky and big. Whatever it was, it stood still, like it was frozen in time. So I shouted in a friendly voice, What are you doing in a costume out here? Are you stupid? And the subject was about 250, 300 feet away from me at this point. And I shouted again. The subject turned around and it let off this growl that was like a lion's roar. 
but it came from inside its body. I just stood there frozen, thinking, that's not a person in a suit. As it turned its leg and it bent to move, the black muscles expanded like a bodybuilder, and it began to run away. It wasn't coming at me, it was running in the opposite direction. Whatever this thing was, it had patches of hair or fur missing on its back and on its right leg. I didn't want to chase it, it was huge. And now thinking back on it, it was, you don't know what could happen. I noticed his home, not mine, and it didn't do anything to hurt me. And that day when it ran off and just got out of sight, I heard a big crash, like it had pushed a tree over, like it was nothing. I still can't believe what I saw. It was a dark colour, like brown, but when the sun hit it, there was a reddish-brown colour to it. You could see the muscles expanding when it moved. It had patches of hair missing, like it had been caught on barbed wire, or attacked in some way. But I don't know what would attack something that big. I was close enough to notice it had hair on top of its hands, and the skin was like a greyish-white colour. It moved in a weird way. When it turned to look at me, it moved its head and shoulder at the same time. Like it couldn't turn its head without turning its body somehow. I wasn't going to tell anyone about it. I just put it out at the back of my mind, thinking if I told anyone, they'd put me in the loony bin. How would you tell people about this and the fact that the subject growled and grunted as it walked away? I will never forget the sound that it made. That's not the only report of a wildman in Canic Jace. Our next report comes from a gentleman who had an experience in 85 when he saw what he described as a large man in a fur coat standing in the trees watching us. And I don't think these are the first lovers that have ever been caught out by a hairy man in the trees. I've taken reports from them. He says, when I turned the car lights on, it ran deeper into the trees. He was very big and it did look as though he was slouched over in some way, like leaning forward. And the side of him, as I saw him through the trees, looked like a bodybuilder. I didn't hear anything on the night. It was strange that not even when he moved through the trees, there was no noise. I never knew there were strange things happening over the chase and some of my friends mentioned it about a year or so ago. This happened to me close to the German cemetery at Cannock. Now, as we know, Cannock Chase has a multitude of reports and we could go on about them all night. But another area of the UK that also has a multiple, multiple multitude, uh, a bit of a word disco tonight, a multitude of cases is the North East. Um, and Weardale is no exception. Now, 2011, this report is from, and it says, I received this sighting from a lady named Kate, and she's a founding member of a paranormal group in the north of England. Now, it happened in September of 2011. The group were planning a night at Weardale Forest, and now that's commonly known as Killout Woods because of the Killout Mine. Now, the area's always been classed as haunted. You get tales of strange lights, um, screams in the night. They were originally intended to set up a base camp and stay in the woods over four nights over a long weekend. On the first night, the group heard one single loud knock off to the west of them. They were hoping for ghostly interaction, so they asked the usual questions. They received no more knocks or anything unusual or anything like that for the rest of the night. So they settled into bed and went to sleep. 
About an hour or so later, they heard a blood-freezing scream, as she says it, coming from deep in the woods. The whole group got up and looked around. They didn't see anything unusual. There were no other people in the woodlands, and the night was silent. The next night, the team went out and started an EVP session, and again, nothing happened. They decided to investigate the area where the knock and the scream had come from on the first night. So they left someone at base camp and the rest of them went off. After a long walk, they reached the area and they once again knocked on a number of stumps loudly. To the shock and delight, the entire group had a reply in the distance off to the north of where they were standing. They were all happy about this so they knocked again and they received a knock to the south of them. This continued from all corners, each knock being answered by further knocking and knocking was coming closer and closer to them and the knock seemed to be encircling them. It was at this point one gentleman pointed out that they were being surrounded and they really should move off. Realising they were then encircled by the knocking that was coming from all around them on all sides, they started to get a bit panicky. Their eyes got closer and louder and closer as they huddled together in one group. Then they remembered there was one man back at camp and he was there alone. So they hurried back as quickly as they could. They were all terrified and by 2am they were ready to leave. In agreement, they all packed up and got ready to go. But that knocking didn't stop. They were plagued by it. The knocking was coming from around them in the trees at the camp now. At this point, the group leader, who was out front, turned white-faced and he went to say that he'd just seen a tall, wide, dark, hairy human shape walking off into the wood in front of the group. The knocks continued as they packed up and left. And the team leader said only that what he saw resembled a man, but was far too large and much too quick, so it must have been a spirit of some kind. Now, since then, I've spoken to a number of paranormal groups of investigators who've shared with me their experience of dark running figures, the shadow figures using the trees to hide themselves. There are many camps that are disturbed, many tents that are smashed up, Report running feet close behind them in the dark, stones and pine cones being thrown from within the trees. They hear whistles and screams, whoops and howls, and all filed it away as ghosts and spirits. So could these ghostly happenings be mixed up and confused, mistaken for? Something that the wild folk are doing? I don't know. It's just a guess, isn't it? But it would seem, no matter where you go, whether it's to the north or the south, there is always a sighting of a caveman or a strange Neanderthal-like beast. And the undercliff is no exception for that. Um, Nula Hamilton from the Mull of Kintyre was visiting. She was 43 and she had travelled to Lyme Regis on holiday with a friend and her dog. And they went to look for fossils. Now the group had gone to the undercliff area between Bear and Seaton because they'd been told that it was like walking through a rainforest. And that's when the incident occurred. Miss Hamilton said, It was a very weird experience. I didn't feel threatened or scared at all. Judy, the dog, had run ahead, and normally greyhounds are very placid. They don't bark, but she let out a high-pitched bark, like she'd been startled or frightened. We went to see what had happened, and we saw this man. I had my camera in my hand ready, and I took this picture. When I first saw him, it looked like he was doing Tai Chi. But I don't know now, she said. 
It looked like he had deliberately dressed up like a caveman. He definitely seemed to know what he was doing. The man then disappeared into the undergrowth, Miss Hamilton said. I just thought he was a hippie type in the woods, but I'd love to know if anyone else had seen him. I didn't get any bad vibes or feel vulnerable. He was just minding his own business. Now, we started this article with the tale of the wildman of Orford, who was kept in chains and brought out to entertain the noble men and women of Orford. In our next report, we hear from a doctor from the Dartmoor Hospital who was in the unfortunate position of sedating a wild man, brought him from the moor in 1948. Now, it was reported to Jonathan Downs, who worked alongside the doctor at the Royal Western County's Hospital, Devonshire, in 1982. Now, according to the doctor, he'd been on duty one morning in the winter of 1948 when he received several unusual telephone calls from local officials. All the officials informed him that a highly dangerous patient who'd been captured on the wilds of Dartmoor would be brought to the hospital within the hour. The patient would require specialist care and an isolated room would need to be gotten ready. Within 45 minutes, a policeman arrived at the hospital and backed up to a side door. Seven policemen jumped out of the vehicle while simultaneously trying to hang on to and control what the doctor said resembled a hair-covered caveman. The police dragged the creature along the hospital corridors and into the already prepared isolation room. The door was quickly slammed shut behind it. And the beast, as they described him, stood slightly over six feet in height and was completely naked. It had a heavy brow, a wide nose and very muscular arms and legs. In addition, it was covered with an excessive amount of body hair that enveloped its entire body, apart from the palms of its hands, the soles of its feet and its face. And it had a head of long, matted hair. Now, over the course of the next three days, telephone calls bombarded the hospital from the police, the Lord Lieutenant of the County and the Home Office in London. Then came the news that the man-beast was being transferred to a secure location in London for examination. Again, late at night, the caveman-like beast was removed from the hospital by the same group of policemen. This time, however, they succeeded in holding the thing down long enough for it to be heavily sedated by the doctor, whereupon it was tied with powerful straps to a stretcher and loaded again into a police wagon with an unidentified doctor in attendance for the journey that lay ahead. Less than 20 minutes after they had arrived, the police departed into the night and the creature was gone forever. Strangely, many years later, a prisoner staying at Her Majesty's Pleasure in the prison there saw a wild hairy man catch a bird and eat it when he was mopching the moor one evening. In 2016, I received an email from a gentleman whose brother was in prison. He was housed in Dartmoor Jail and his cell looked out onto the B3357 road that was close to the prison itself. as a small wooded area adjacent to it. Now Dartmoor still has a misplaced reputation for being a high security prison that is escape proof. Now it's mainly Cat C prison, so Dartmoor houses mainly non-violent offenders and white collar criminals. The gent that contacted me went on to explain that his brother was in prison and almost finished with his sentence. 
He's received a number of home leaves and on the one this previous weekend, which would be January of 2016, he seemed even more reluctant to return than he had on the other day releases. Now, as you can imagine, this poor man's mind, filled with all the horrors being in prison can bring, and gently coaxed his brother into revealing what the problem was. Expecting to hear about a violent attack or some bullying by the other prisoners, he couldn't quite believe his ears when his brother told him what had happened. He went on to explain that from his cell, you can see two small wooded areas out over the moors, which in a sense had enabled him to really appreciate the beauty out there. And he would watch the woods constantly for something to do at first, really. But then he learned the habits of the birds and the woodland animals. And he would eventually come to re- revel in watching the wildlife. Even in the autumn and winter, there had been lots going on out there to keep him occupied. On the previous Saturday night, before the gents' home leave the following Friday, he was watching the woods after lights out and was waiting for the bats and owls to start their day. And he suddenly noticed a strange, dark figure hugging the tree line. He thought at first it was another prisoner had struck lucky and managed a few hours of escapism out there. You know, I was setting out to receive a parcel left by somebody to be smuggled in at the most opportune time. Thinking that time had come, he watched with a smile, wondering how the inmate was going to get back in. Being caught breaking into the prison would make for a funny write-up when they took him before the governor. As he watched the dark human-shaped figure move up and down through the wood, he realised the person was looking up into the tree branches and not down on the floor as you'd expect. As the cloud shifted, the figure was suddenly illuminated by the moon, and the prisoner looked, that was looking for contraband, looked like a wild, hairy man. He was really thick and muscle-bound. And as he watched the figure, he picked up a stick from the ground beside him. The figure hurled it into the tree. The prisoner watched as a small animal or bird fell down from above and was quickly pushed into the mouth of the hairy naked prisoner. As you can imagine, the gent was horrified at this scene and he blinked and adjusted his eyes as quickly as possible, but the figure was gone. He watched those woods all night in case the figure returned and he did so every day until he got a slight reprieve when he came home. Taking him back was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, his brother said. Thankfully, he only has three weeks left, but I better watch that wood. Every night I saw them. Bob.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.